This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. I'm going to start things out here with a special guest. Uh, Her name is Catherine Bleich. She's been on the show with us once in the past. Uh, You were on with us live at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, were you not, Catherine? Yes, I was. And you were on uh, talking to us about the Ladies of Liberty Alliance at that time, which has gone from being just a good idea to a reality, uh, which I think is wonderful. And it has uh, also come into reality by presenting the world with the very first ever Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar. And uh, you are one of the calendar girls. Yes, indeed, I am. It's very exciting watching this organization start to grow and flourish. We've got a very strong core team of about 20 women who have all stepped up to take on different roles, and the plans are beginning to develop for different programs that the ladies will be putting on to try and lift up and empower women to be leaders within our movement. I think that's excellent, and I want to come back and talk more about it because the reason we're not the reason I invited you on the show tonight wasn't just to talk about the uh, the calendar. It was because you got arrested. I think it was yesterday or very recently. And so one of the things about the Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar is the uh, the dozen plus ladies. I think it's what sixteen months or something like that. The uh, several ladies that you have on there are also activists at the same time as being you know very beautiful. Um, so. I wanted to talk about your activism and what it was that led you to being arrested and thrown uh, in a jail cell. Can we start there and then get back to the calendar a little later? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll tell you, it's kind of ironic that all of this went down yesterday. We had the Midwest Liberty Fest last weekend, and I was really worn out, and I just wanted a couple days of no politics. So I had no cell phone on me, no camera on me. And, you know, I'm always armed with my camera, always, always, always. And... I went to court with my boyfriend, Josh, who um, the the videotape of his arrest went viral previously because when he was arrested, I was pulled out of the truck, and the police um, officer, she pulled the camera out of my hand, and I snatched it back, and it was all on tape. But you can find that at QIK.com backslash Catherine Bleich. So I went to his court date with him today. It was all over expired tags. Mm. And we were we were standing in line yesterday, and there were... A lot of people outside. It was really cold. You know, it's October in Missouri. Um, it was kind of like a sleety rain. There was wind. There was a woman with a, an infant in her arms in front of me that had tears running down its cheeks just from the cold wind. Oh. And I was getting kind of mad. And an officer came out and started ordering people to line up against the wall. And I had made a comment to a girl that was standing next to me, a girl I did not know, who we're actually trying to meet up with right now to talk strategy. And I said, um, get in line, show us your papers, and take your money. Welcome to the new America. And the officer heard me say that, and he walked <laughs> up and approached us and was very upset. And he told oh. the girl I w- that I was standing next to that he said, you know, I know who you're here with, and I've got something coming for you. And oh, she's boy. Like, what, are you threatening me? Yeah, so he walked back inside, came out. Said you have, he came to me and said, you have two minutes to leave or I'm going to arrest you. <laughs> and I said, you'll arrest me on what charges? He said, I'll make them up. Of course he and will. There about, exactly. There are about 30 people standing out there. Wow. And I wrote down on a piece of paper that he had just said that, and 
I told everyone, if I really get arrested, I need you to sign this, that you witnessed it. And we did get 10 people to sign it. He did come out and arrest me. He slammed me up against the railing. I used an incredible amount of force, even pointed a taser with a laser pointer on the girl that was next to me's chest. And she got scared and left. But we stood our ground and um, until they came out with weapons and force. And wow. um, I went to jail. I was never told what I was charged with. I actually found out after I was released from my boyfriend. Oh, can I guess? Can um, I guess? Uh, let's see. A, a disorderly conduct. Nope. Guess nope. again. Mark, you want to take a shot at this? Nick? Um, failure to obey an officer. Failure to comply. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, okay. it's, it's yep. got to go one of those two categories. It has to. It's it always does. Things. Right, right, exactly. That's, these are the catch-alls. This, the, this is what they do with people who act like they're free in this country. Mm-hmm. Right, she acted like she had exactly. the freedom of speech. I mean, you, the, what you said was entirely appropriate. It was an entirely appropriate, uh, essentially, boiling down of what the court process is. I've been to enough of these things where it's really just a big meat mill where they just ring the cash register every time some new victim uh, comes up to you know talk to the the man in the robe. Or in many cases, they don't even make it to the man in the robe because they plea out in advance by talking to the prosecutor. And it's just you can just hear the cash register ringing as every single person goes through. It's sick. It's absolutely sick. And every single girl that was in there with me, there was one girl that was just belligerently drunk and she was picked up for that. But other than myself and her, every single girl in there was behind bars because they didn't have money to pay property tax on their car. Really? And so they couldn't get their car registered. And most of them were arrested on their way to or from work. Now, wait a minute. Are you, you're not exaggerating. How many, how many uh, women, because we know that they, they tend to separate women and men uh, in prison, but how, how many women were you in there with? I was in with about 10. 10, okay. So it fluctuated throughout the night, but the stable number was about 10. So you're not, you're not exaggerating. I mean, you're saying that 100% of the people there uh, were not uh, harming others. Not a single, every single person I asked, even the men when they walked in, when I was in the initial holding cell, mm. I asked them all, I said, have you damaged anyone's property or, or hurt any individual? And every single one said no. Well. <laughs> they were all there. And this community, this Maplewood Police Department, apparently, see, I just moved to this guy's estate, so I'm, you know, getting an education myself. But apparently this community is very well known for stopping people to make money off of um, registering vehicles and things like that. That's what my boyfriend was there for. So you were arrested. You were put in a jail cell charged with uh, failure to obey, which you know, basically means if the police officer says do 25 jumping jacks, apparently you have to do that or they'll throw you in a prison cell. I mean, they really can just hit you with anything Right, they, they don't want. want you standing around at their courthouse, which you paid for. Right, saying things you like, you know, speaking out, uh, and, and you weren't, it doesn't sound like you were being belligerent or that you got in his loud, face yeah. or anything like no, that. No, I was nowhere near him. I was all the way across the patio from him, and he just didn't like what I said. Yep. So, you know, it was pretty unbelievable to me, and, and the worst part is that initially they were not going to charge me with anything. They were just going to hold me for 24 hours. So people were calling in from all over the country. Allison Gibbs from Lola tried to bail me out, and they said, there is no bond. No bond. She's going to be here for 24 hours. Sorry. Right. And And I don't know if enough people called that they finally decided to charge me with something to get me out of there. But I'm sorry. I think $750 bond is quite steep for doing nothing. 
Oh, I agree like with that. My mouth. Catherine, basically what they want to do is they want to punish you for having spoken. And so what the cops are doing is they're administering a punishment. Teacher lesson. Right. Well, you know, the, the idea of jail originally was to hold someone until their trial in order for them, you know, somebody who was going to run away or something like that is so that they could have a fair trial. They have no intention of doing that. And they're using the jail and assist the jail system in a way that they should not be doing it. And the people who are doing it should be jailed themselves. They're using it like like the like the common pillory uh, from the town square 300 years ago. And that was one of the comments the women in prison made. And, of course, we were all called prisoners. So I, I don't mean to refer to it as prison, but it was jail. But we were all called prisoners, and I kept making comments about that. Like, how can I be a prisoner? I've done nothing wrong. And at that point, they hadn't even charged me with anything. Mm. But all of, all of the girls in there were saying how, first of all, their first comment to me, because I didn't keep my mouth shut the entire time. While they were transporting me, I was talking about the First Amendment to the Constitution. I asked them if they had taken an oath. One of them told me that he didn't remember. I was talking about, you know, um, how there's a revolution brewing. What side are they going to fight on? Right now, they're choosing the side of tyranny. They're, you know, and I just kept talking. They will all forever remember the word oathkeepers.org. That is for sure. I said oh, yeah. it over and over and over. But one of the girls pulled me down to the side, and she said, you know, we didn't know white people felt like this. Huh. And I said, what do you mean? And she was like, I just, I didn't know white people felt like this. I didn't know this was happening to you guys, too. Yeah. And so, you know, I explained to her how we're separated between black and white and left and right and Democrat and Republican. And it was an absolutely amazing opportunity. I was able to wake up the people who were there with me that were behind bars. Good. And we have some great ideas for how we want to mobilize the community. Excellent. Good for so you. They were for... telling me they're just too worn out to stand up. That's what they said. I want to come back with more. You've got time for uh, for another segment, right, Catherine? Yes, sure. All right. Hang on. We're going to bring Catherine Bleich back with us. If you've got a question for her, 800-259-9231. Jailed for speaking. Free Talk lot. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents over there, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs, living wills, living trusts. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's code FTL to save $10 off your order. Order at LegalZoom.com. All right, we're continuing here with Catherine Bleich. She's with us from the Ladies of Liberty Alliance. And Catherine, do you have a, a particular role with the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, or are you just a member? 
I'm trying to help out right now with the strategic planning process in, um, you know, kind of setting down a foundation with a direction. That's what I've got my master's in is nonprofit leadership. So oh, wow. okay. trying to help get the paperwork and the groundwork done, and I will be the Midwest Regional Outreach Coordinator. Cool. So what we're talking about, and what I do want to get to a little bit more detail on the Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar, which we happen to have hanging right here in the Free Talk Live studio, uh, but I, I did want to talk more about that. But first, to continue, the real reason I'm having you on is because something absolutely outrageous happened to you yesterday, and you were at a court uh, at a courthouse there in Missouri. Where was it? Maplewood? Missouri? Maplewood, Missouri. It's Maple. sort of a um, subdivision of St. Louis. Got it. You, know, you were at this courthouse. They uh, Some cop came out and barked an order at the people that were standing outside in the cold and told them to line up against the building. I'm sure everybody obediently did that, but you made a uh, comment, a quip, that uh, I thought was entirely appropriate. Can you uh, relay that one more time? What was the uh, the comment? Yes. I had turned to the girl standing next to me, and I had said, um, Get in line. I said, I think I said it was either get in line or line up. Um, hand us your papers and give us your money. Welcome mm-hmm. to the new America. Yep, and actually, it's been like that in America for a while. But yes, it is certainly not the America that uh, that it once was, at least as I understand uh, that it was. And so, enti- an entirely appropriate comment. Cop comes out, threatens you, says you better leave or else. And you were just there to accompany your uh, your boyfriend or uh, fiance. I'm not sure which it was, but uh, your significant other to his court date. So you were just there to attend a public court hearing. You made a comment the cop didn't like, and he decided to order you off the premises. You did not leave, and he came back and arrested you for failure to obey uh, an officer. So I recap yes. that appropriately. Yes, and this was, of course, after he told everyone who was standing there he would make up charges against yep. me. And it took them a good long time to come up with what charges they were going to use against me, too. So, you know, interestingly enough, whether they call it failure to comply or not, um, they were violating their oath to the Constitution. He is supposed to be there to protect my First Amendment, and he did not. He found a way to put me behind bars yep. for using my voice. So then you went behind bars, and you were there for about a day's time? Uh, well, no, it actually it happened very quick. The grassroots mobilized so fast. I went in, I got arrested about 7.45, and I was out about 1.30 this morning. Okay. So it went very quick, but they, they told everyone they were going to keep me for 24 hours and press no charges. Then they decided to press me with failure to comply and charged $750 bond. Now, something happened in there that I have to tell you guys about. That, um, it was the only time I broke down and cried. Um, and for the most part, I stayed really positive. I kept talking constantly. I didn't shut my mouth. You know, I just kept talking about the Constitution, Oath Keepers. You know, just kept going on and on. And... They told me I needed to take my nose ring out. Well, oh my. my nose ring, it's, 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 semi, it's semi-permanent. Um, the way I have, I have a nose ring that's been in for about three years. It's a stud. And on the inside of my nose, there's a ball that is bigger than the width of the stud. And it's that way so that my nose sort of heals around the stud and it can't come out. Mm-hmm. And they told me I had to take it out. Now, when that comes out, it rips all of the skin out from the lining of my piercing. Mm. And keep in mind, this is like a three-year-old piercing that hasn't been touched. Uh-huh. And they told me if I did not take it out, even though I told them that it would hurt and that I would bleed and that it would probably get infected, they told me that they would pin me down and cut it out, quote-unquote, cut oh my it gosh. out. If I did not. And so I had to beg while I was crying to have access to a sink where I could use soap 
to, to help get it out, and I did bleed. And, you know, it was, I, I made the choice to take it out myself. You know, if, if they were going to force it out of my nose, I didn't want to be tased. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't know what cut it out. You don't want that. Are they cutting the metal or are they cutting my nose? They'll do it. Believe me, they'll do it. Wow, that's scary. Unbelievable. It's, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. It was. And that was the only time I freaked out and started crying. But for the most part, I kept a smile on my face. I stayed really positive, And I used it as an opportunity to both learn about the system as well as educate those who were oppressing me and those who were being oppressed right by my side. So, so this was your first time behind bars then? My first time. I have managed, you would not believe how many situations I've got out of being arrested in just because I smile and talk sweetly. And, sure. You know, I think, I think the Missouri State Highway Patrol, because, um, you know, I got, I got thrown out of the governor's office by the Highway Patrol and um, have, have been testifying at all the MIAC hearings. And I just think they knew better than to arrest me because they knew who I was. You know, these people, um, they just, they, they thought I was just some girl, um, apparently on the inside, um, inside the courthouse, they were saying I was there as a protester. And when they figured out that I was Josh's girlfriend and I was just there because there was a legitimate reason to be there, mm-hmm. um, he said the looks on their faces were just terrified because I think they realized they'd made a very big mistake. So you're not going to just let them uh, get away with this. What, do you, what are your plans? We have lots of plans. I'm very excited. Um, right now, we're actually meeting. I'm sitting in the car, but we're meeting with the girl who had the taser pointed at her chest. And we're looking at several different options. I've been talking to um, a criminal defense attorney who actually just moved out to New Hampshire oh, for the Free State Project from Missouri. I've been talking to him about um, my defense side. I am working with an attorney I've worked with before who successfully sued the United Parcel Service, where I used to work, about an offensive measure that I can take. Um, we already have Channel 2, the Fox News affiliate. Their investigative reporter is already working on the story. Um, the girls inside jail told me that they could get their community rallied around um, a certain program. And so we're talking about getting a constitution course to be put on for free for the residents of Maplewood. And we're going to raise money to buy cameras for all the Maplewood residents oh, so they can just take their community back. Yeah, I noticed that you mentioned earlier that you have a Quick.com account. And we've talked a lot about Quick in the past on this show. They're not a sponsor, uh, but they're, it's an amazing service that is free to anybody that has a smartphone device like an iPod or BlackBerry or several. They've got a whole bunch of different uh, brands of phones that are compatible with it. But uh, basically, it allows the the user to stream video and audio essentially at the press of a button on their phone from wherever they are, as long as they have a cell phone signal. Uh, I find that the software, at least for me on my BlackBerry, is a little on the buggy side. uh, But nonetheless, when it works, it's great. And I'm sure that in the next several months, it'll just keep getting better. And plus, I hear Ustream is going to be competing with them at some point. I'm not sure when that's going to, uh, to happen. But, man, that must have been a real bummer for you, standing there and having that all go down and having no way to actually uh, gather evidence of this. Yes, and I asked everyone there, get out your cell phone cameras, and no one did. They uh, were just scared silent. Well, that's a, that is a big problem that we're dealing with, is the, the sheepishness and the docility of the American people. Catherine, can we bring you back for more? Um, yeah, we, we can maybe do like a half segment. Okay, you got it. Hang on. Too, we're going to bring it back in a moment. Uh, more with Catherine Bleich, and this is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. 
A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live has teamed up with MS Press to offer you the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. If you're interested in buying this very rare, very unique set, all you have to, and you already know who Lysander Spooner is and how influential he was in the liberty movement. Anarchist, philosopher, abolitionist, entrepreneur, and mailman. You can purchase purchase this two, uh, excuse me, two thousand eight hundred page six volume set bound in library quality hardcover, delivered to your door for three hundred and thirty five dollars. Just go to spooner.freetalklive.com. That's spooner.freetalklive.com. The, uh, the 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 buy buy now link is essentially an email uh, address, and you just have to work it out with a guy that way. Spooner.freetalklive.com. All right, let's continue here. Catherine Bleich is very graciously giving us a little bit more time to talk about what happened yesterday. I know you've got somewhere to be. I appreciate you hanging through here because this is just an incredible occurrence. And thankfully, it de- uh, they decided to do this to you instead of the average person who would have just kind of bowed their head and gone along to get along and kept quiet. And, and uh, they picked on you, and you're not likely to be that way. In fact, uh, you decided to continue uh, speaking out even after they'd arrested you for speaking out. Uh, you were outside a courtroom or outside a, a court building. You said something that a cop didn't like about the, the process of extracting money from people, which is what the, the court does, and he arrested you for it. So, uh, Catherine, thank you, first of all, for standing up for what you believe in, and thanks for hanging on Free Talk Live. Oh, no problem at all. You know, there's one thing I really want to make sure gets mentioned during this uh, call right now is I think we have an excellent strategy for really helping not only patriots who are in trouble but exposing these problems. I called my mom collect from the hotel or from the, not hotel, (laughs) from the jail cell, and I gave (laughs) her my Twitter username and password. So my mom was live Twittering my experiences to everyone, and they were getting bombarded with phone calls. So when the girls in the cells were so cold and they were calling out, we're cold, asking for blankets, Mm. and the woman came by and said, I'm too busy to get you blankets, the whole world knew about it in about five minutes. So, you know, this is an excellent strategy. It worked really well getting the word out. Um, You know, I'm just really impressed with our movement. I think we're reaching a point where critical mass is inevitable, and our organic, decentralized phone trees of sorts really do get the work done. You know, Josh, he sent out a text to about six people, and um, before I'd even got a hold of my mom and had her in my Twitter, those people had um, Lola was organized, Lola was trying to bail me out, and they wouldn't let Lola bail me out. So the word got out very quickly, and, you know, I would just like to give a major props to the grassroots for that because it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, I have to agree. Know, I, I've noticed that uh, not just with your case, but also the Motorhome Diaries guys, as you know, they were arrested a few months back. 
And a word went out over, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook, and there was uh, Allison Gibbs, again, from Lola was involved in that, and she gathered together 3000 dollars in a matter of hours from, uh, from various different activists all across the country. So I have to say that you're absolutely right, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed uh, that people are able to, uh, to get active in that way uh, because of the interconnectivity that we all have now. Uh, being in New Hampshire, it's a lot easier for us here because we actually have people within a specific geographic area that can come to the aid of somebody but i think it's great that uh, that that things like that are happening elsewhere across the country and it's not just an exclusive to new hampshire thing i think that's awesome well i think you all set the example absolutely without a doubt and um i'm just i, I feel so blessed to be part of this movement you know i did not feel alone for a second through the entire process i didn't even question the fact that the word was out i knew i knew it i could feel it and it's a it's a really good feeling. All right, so you know, here's there are people out there who care. Two more questions, Catherine. Uh, number one, how can people keep up to date on this besides just you know listening to Free Talk Live? Is there a way they can plug in directly? Will the Lola blog be talking about this? Well, I'm sure the Lola blog will talk about it. In terms of, um, I I consolidate all of my activism through my Twitter. So Liberty Restoration Project, Lola, the Mayak fight, everything. If you go to Twitter dot com backslash don't tread on cat that's don't <laughs> tread on cat no that's, apostrophe that's a cat with a c yes cat okay. with a c okay so don't, uh, twitter.com how do you think you spell cat exactly don't tread on <laughs> cat and then also uh i am lola.org is the website for the ladies of liberty alliance which uh, you are involved in as one of the founding members the calendar is out uh we have our copies they were sent to us because well free talk live and freekeen.com are both uh proud sponsors of the ladies of liberty alliance calendar and when you guys approached me with the uh, the, the sponsorship opportunity i immediately jumped at it uh because i thought wow you know this is definitely an organization that i want to be in on the ground floor of of helping get started and now with this event, Catherine, I mean, it's absolutely beyond the, the fact that the, the calendar is great, uh, but this event, I think, proves that you ladies are you're, you're really putting your freedom where your mouths are. You're willing to stand up in the face of these so-called authorities and stand up for what you believe in, even if it means being thrown into a cage. And, the, you know, the, the sad part about most Americans is, uh, is that they aren't. You know, most Americans are so frightened uh, to do anything in regards to saying no to the state or speaking up and uh, and speaking out and sticking their head above the water. And I hope that there's something that uh, I hope that starts to shift over time, don't you? I think it is shifting, and I do think no offense to men, but I think women are going to absolutely tilt the pendulum for this fight that we are fighting. You know, women have a maternal instinct. It is our innate nature to protect our offspring. And right now, future generations are being just destroyed and ravished by this disgusting system. And women, I think, can feel that intuitively in ways that men can't. So you are going to see women standing up and speaking out and throwing a gosh darn fit. And we are throwing a wrench in the system, and we do plan to stop it. And we all have to work together. But I think that I think that Lola really shows that true feminism is not about demanding that men treat women a certain way. It is about demanding that humanity be treated a certain way and standing up and speaking out and taking ownership of our own lives. And that is what you are going to see out of the Lola ladies. <laughs> Way to wrap it up. Thank you, Catherine Bleich, for coming on Free Talk Live here tonight. I really appreciate hearing from you. Is there anything else you wanted to say after that? 
No, just thank you guys, and I love you guys, and keep up the hard work. Hey, we are going to take this country back. Do me a favor and uh, keep in touch uh, with Free Talk Live as this develops, because there's probably going to be a court trial and all of the other silly nonsense that they usually force you to go through. So uh, will you keep us in the loop? Absolutely. Thanks, Catherine. Have Thanks, a great Catherine. night. I appreciate your time. You too. Bye-bye. Mm, bye-bye. Catherine Bleich from... I am Lola.org. Get on over there, grab the calendar. It is a very hot item. You know, I think it, um, w- what she was saying there about, uh, you know, the women versus men and the freedom movement, and it's, I, I don't know whether the women are going to lead it or men are going to lead it or, or whatever. I have no idea, but I, I think that she's kind of scratched on something there that if a woman gets involved in the freedom movement, it's more powerful when the system clamps down on her than it is when it clamps down on a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just just take a look at the difference between male homelessness and female homelessness. Society has a different threshold for what kind of uh, suffering they will allow males and females to, uh, to, to, to deal with. And they won't allow females uh, to be... Uh, incarcerated at the rates that they are, and you know, she she pointed out that society is becoming more uh, acclimated to the idea of women being, you know, thrown in jail for not hurting anyone. She was said 100% of the people that she was in jail, women she was in jail with, hadn't hurt anyone, yeah. um, and they hadn't stolen anything. So. They were all in there, to, except for one for being drunk. Um, the, the rest of them were in there just basically Traffic for... Traffic violations or automotive registration Right, right, for, not re- for, for their car not being properly registered, which is just a sim- simply a, um, an, a, you know, a money extraction system yeah. by the government, and it's a way that they can incarcerate people to get the money that they want. So rather than you buying food to take care of your family or something like that, you've got to give us money for that car being on the road. There was somebody I was in court today uh, as one of the activists was... Uh, being arraigned on a charge of bail jumping for not turning himself in voluntarily when they demanded that he show up at jail. And one of the people that was in there for the arraignment was being charged with a felony charge of being a habitual offender as far as car registration is concerned. Felony Felony car registration. Meaning he's looking at three to seven years in prison. It's incredible. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They're free, so enjoy those on us. They uh, include things like the Shrine of Female Listeners. Uh, if you if you enjoy the Shrine of Female Listeners, or uh, you definitely should take a look at the Ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar. It's one of the things that we actually uh, sponsored. Free Talk Live took some of the Free Talk Live AMP dollars, and we bought uh, one of the sponsorships for the, the Lola calendar, which I think is great. And it's great, too, where they put our ads right on the very last page. So after you've, you've spent a year and a half... Looking at the uh, the liberty-oriented ladies uh, on this calendar, you get to the very last page, and at the very bottom, there's an ad for Free Talk Live that's advertising Free Talk Live Shrine of Female Listeners, because 
You've already seen a dozen plus ladies on the calendar. Maybe you want to see more. So we figured we'd advertise the shrine there. And so thanks to all of our Free Talk Live amplifiers for helping make that advertisement possible so we can reach out to the people that are ordering that particular calendar. And if you want to become an amplifier, you can do that at amp.freetalklive.com. It's all of three bucks a month. And honestly, signups have slowed a bit. I'll, I'll be straight up with you. The free, uh, the free Talk Live AMP program signups have slowed down, and I think it has something to do with uh, people having a tough time economically. That's what I'm hearing from folks when they're uh, when occasionally we'll get a cancellation, and uh, sometimes we'll get an we're, explanation. We're running even as far as uh, cancellations go. I mean, enough people sign up that uh, people that cancel. Right. It's about running even. Uh, one week it might take a slight loss. One week might be a slight gain. But overall, it's we haven't seen any significant gains in a while. So the economy is definitely making it more difficult for people. So if you've got three bucks that you can spare, we'd really appreciate the uh, the assistance. Think of it like a cup of coffee every single month. I mean, this is something that the price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks, less than that, three bucks a month, can get you uh, can get you behind this show in a financial fashion that will help us get the message of freedom out to more people. Help us share people like Catherine's stories with more Americans and people around the world who really could use a message of, of liberty, could could uh, really benefit from understanding what freedom is all about. So if you can help us out with that, you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Um, I'm going to tell you about a book that uh, you might just find as the most pivotal book that you've read in your lifetime. It's called Dishonest Money, Financing the Road to Ruin, and it's by Joseph Plummer. And it, uh, it it basically explains the whole Federal Reserve system in a in a concise. It's it's a relatively short book. It's only maybe a couple hundred pages, and it's easy to understand. I understood the Federal Reserve system after reading it, which uh, you know the, the reading uh, you know some some of the books on this subject can be very long, very arduous, and you just don't get through them. Whereas dishonest money is not, and. Midas Resources has it. Uh, will will sell it to you at a discounted price. Plus, they're going to put a Walking Liberty half dollar in it, so you'll get some silver to start out your savings in, um, you know, as a hedge against inflation investment mm-hmm. in precious metals. All for twenty one bucks postage paid to your house. Sweet dishonest money and a Walking Liberty half dollar. All you have to do is go to gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. It's right there at the bottom of the page. And I That's a super deal. recommend all of it. Uh, you know, I set this up to make it clear and easy for people. Gold.freetalklive.com. All right. We're going to continue here. Your phone calls about whatever you want. Ed has been waiting patiently in California. You're on the amp line. Hey, Ed. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I'm glad glad I stuck around for Catherine's story. That was uh, really compelling. I uh, had my calendar on order and hopefully should be in the mail. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, what I called about is actually I was very pleased to see the uh, Nobel Prize in Economics uh, awarded uh, Sunday, I guess it was, and uh, was won by Eleanor Ostrom, who has done some very cool work showing that uh, uh, Communal resources are not best run by government, and this whole tragedy of the commons we see is uh, not really what we've been taught all these years. What do you mean by that? Uh, she's been looking, for example, at uh, uh, in Nepal there was a, a um, community-run series of water water delivery systems that was working great for the for the indigenous people there. Government came along and wanted to set up this new water system, and it just horribly. And she sees examples of these all over the world where 
resources like like fishing and and uh, land grazing are actually not best run when you get government coming in and controlling them. What? You mean those government bureaucrats don't have the same incentives to uh, take care of things? Are you saying that they just don't care as much? I, I don't know whether they don't care. They just can't do as good a job. But hey, what what was kind of cool, and, yeah, I don't know about cool, but interesting was that they actually, she showed that privatization, while not as good as government, it's still not as good as communities running it. Mm-hmm. But but what's kind of cool, actually, is is what we've always been saying is that you know, when you talk about free societies, they can be free to have these communal arrangements, but if you have government-controlled societies, then it's just one option. And yep. you don't get to explore different ways of looking at things. Now, um, I'd be interested in what she defined privatization as, because I think that um, you know, when you take something that's run by the community or run by the government and you give it to one company, although you may see some benefits from the government running it, you probably won't see benefits from the community running it. Running it because that's what she found out. Well, uh, sort of. It would just depend on how what you, one called privatization. Because usually, privatiz- it's, usually it means giving it to one company, giving the government service to one company. That, that corporatizing things like uh, uh, an area for fishing or Prioritizing a an area for grazing actually didn't give as much benefit as the people themselves that were using the land. That their voluntary arrangements actually worked out better, and that goes back to the whole you know voluntary society and people can come to these voluntary agreements better than some kind of single person making a decision. So, so you're saying this was the Nobel Prize for economics? How many Nobel prizes are there? Uh, I think probably about uh, seven or eight. Yeah, and that's the, about right. The Prize, of course, confused me horribly. But. Yeah, I just yeah. I'm, I'm glad they got a good one for uh, for the uh, the economic prize. It sounds like they they made the right choice at least in that case. And what, what was kind of interesting, this was the first time a woman won the Nobel Prize huh. in economics. So. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, Ed. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? That's about it. Thought you Appreciate guys would like the to call. Comment. Thank you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, on the whole Nobel Peace Prize thing. Lawrence Vance over at LouRockwell.com has a little uh, little story called Rush is Wrong. Now, according to Rush Limbaugh, now see, I, I didn't know, you, and Mark, you had said you hadn't heard what the conservative commentator type guys on the mm-hmm. radio were saying about this whole Nobel Peace Prize going to Barack Obama thing. And apparently what it is is this. I mean, this is essentially the, the distillation of what the conservative, view, uh, conservative talk host viewpoint is, and of course, you know, I'm saying this because all the other ones ape Rush Limbaugh, right? They, they, all do. they pretty much agree with him uh, you know, all the time. Rush Limbaugh said this, quote, The intent of the committee is to neuter the United States of America. They've done it by rewarding a pacifist. He's calling Barack Obama a pacifist. I see. So... The conservative talk host viewpoint on this is that the Nobel Peace Prize, bunch of peaceniks, Barack Obama, pacifist peacenik, and right. these guys aren't warrior-like enough, even though right. they're still killing people and more people have died over in Afghanistan. Your killer and, needs to be your, – your, your, your paid chief killer needs to be a, pay, a, a good paid chief killer and kill lots of people, and they need to speak about it loudly and forcefully. Yep. That's what he's saying, because Barack Obama, running running just as many wars, if not more, than uh, George Bush, he hasn't really withdrawn very many troops at all from uh, Iraq, I and the think, ones that I think there are more going to Afghanistan. Right, there's more being uh, entered into Afghanistan. He's surreptitiously shoving off some off this week, and 
you know, I mean, he's he that's that's what he's doing. He's he's fighting wars. He's just talking like diplomacy is the right way to go. However, they're saber rattling saber rattling on uh, Iran for really no good reason at all. The, uh, the the international nuclear commission or whatever they are says that Iran is not making nuclear weapons. However, the United States says they are. How can these things be true? How can both of these be true? Oh. It was true, by the way, when uh, George Bush was saying Hans Blicht was not doing a good job looking for the nuclear weapons that um, Saddam Hussein had. Well, George Bush didn't find them, okay? So the idea that you're going to be able to go into a, well, Iran's making nuclear weapons, it's another hoax, people. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. What we're going to talk about here is what uh, Lawrence Vance has to say at LouRockwell.com about Rush Limbaugh's claim that Barack Obama is a pacifist. And, you, you, you know, if Rush Limbaugh says something, you're going to start to hear it from the lips of the conservative, uh, self-identifying as conservative masses, right? They're going to just start parroting what he says. As if it's true. Pacifist. Uh, well, we're going to run some of the numbers here. We're going to actually take a look at some of the uh, the hard facts, the statistics, and do, you know, do a little comparison shopping between George Bush and his war in Iraq and Afghanistan versus Barack Obama and his war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you know, we're just going to find out if there's any truth at all to Limbaugh's claim that Barack Obama is pacifistic in any way. And of course, you already know that there's not, but it'll be interesting. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Join Nick over at his website, freemindsmedia.com. You can get more of uh, Nick and Toby, and I think you guys are adding a, a third personality to the Free Minds lineup. I don't know if that's been finalized yet or not. It hasn't. Uh, we may have somebody rotating as well. We're not We're not sure yet, but we kind of like having a third host there. Cool. Well, experimenting is fun. So uh, at freemindsmedia.com, you can enjoy Free Minds Television, also Free Minds Radio. Both are there. Both are free for you. Plus, you can get some uh, some blogs on uh, that, that Nick and both Nick and Toby are, uh, are writing there. Now, we're going to a blog, uh, lourockwell.com is a website that is very well read. In fact, it's one of the top websites just out there. It's in, I think, the top 10,000 sites on the Internet, which makes it 
relatively popular. And uh, it's kind of like one of the go-to news slash blogging sites uh, as far as the liberty movement is concerned. And so I always like to go and check and see if there's anything interesting. And Lawrence Vance has something for us. We're going to get to that. But first, we're going to go to your phone calls. And uh, we'll talk about what Lawrence Vance has to say about Rush Limbaugh being completely wrong about Barack Obama. Uh, First, we go to Craig in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Craig. Hello, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Just super. Craig, what's on your mind? Um, I wanted to bring up a uh, what I think is, you know, everybody should think it's a tragic, tragic period in history, uh, the Holocaust. But in 1933, the original concentration camps were actually developed or uh, opened for opposition or individuals who were opposed to the uh, Nazi Party. And uh, I wonder, um, could you comment on that? What do you think about? Does that um, does that parallel the times we live in now, in your opinion? You're saying the the camps were opened, and people were, who opposed them were put in there. Exactly. That's why they were. That's why they were opened. That's why they they opened those camps. So this is bu- this is before the this is before they forced uh, Jews into them. That uh, they were 1933. Being... Yeah, that's when they started to open them. Then after that. They, they they put the communists and the social democrats, so to speak, in those concentration camps to well, silence them. I don't think that anybody's being put into concentration camps, at least that I know of here in uh, the United States. But you could say that we're close. I mean, we just talked to Catherine Bleich, who was put in a jail cell for almost 24 hours because she dared to speak uh, while she was outside of a courthouse in a line. Uh, she said something that was, I think, fairly accurate about the uh, the situation of the justice, so-called justice system today. And a cop didn't like it, so he uh, made up some crap and uh, charged her with some nonsense about not obeying uh, not obeying an officer, and they locked her in a prison cell. So, is that a concentration camp? Well, it sort of is, I suppose. It's not in the, it's sort of the traditional sense that we're thinking of it, but I would say that you could possibly make a case for that. Yeah, I think that it'll probably get much worse because I believe that they'll allow everything to deteriorate to the point to where they're going to say, "Well, we've got to bring order by some means," and and uh, that that'll be when uh, the crackdown will begin. And, and I just I wanted to bring that up because I had a public school education, and uh, and but I'm interested in things like that, and uh, I wasn't really for sure if anybody else would agree that they could be relevant to the time that we live in now. Well, I think that uh, probably to, to me the most uh, the most relevant thing is the uh, I think it's the Alexander Haig quote where he says um, essentially he's talking about some uh, some march that's going on in Washington back in the seventies and he's oh, like, it was the eighties whatever wasn't he with uh, the Reagan administration? Maybe it was. I'm you know what, what, public school education. What do you want? Um, and he basically <laughs> says <laughs> basically says uh, you know let them protest all they want as long as they pay their taxes. I think that that is probably how the government pretty much takes uh, everything. It's, look, do do whatever you want to do as long as you pay your taxes because they've got things to do with your money. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. But then again, we did just talk to Catherine Bleich, who was arrested for speaking. I mean, so so we're not, it's basic, we're not being rounded was, up in mass. That but, was basically the the work of one police officer and then sort of the, the thin blue line wrapping around that police officer saying, as it does. You're saying it wasn't a policy. That's not a it policy, no. I mean, it's it, it, you know, it's not the government's policy. Top down. Right. To, you're right. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's some officer abusing their power who should be reprimanded and should do some time in jail, but isn't going to because of the way the system's constructed. But but it's just a matter of degrees between one officer 
uh, doing that to somebody like Catherine and then somebody who's uh, above him in rank deciding to do something similar and say, you know, we really need to teach these liberty people, these liberty activists, a lesson. Well, it's subjective, but you have to subjectively differentiate between those degrees or otherwise you would say that it's always been that way. I mean, there's never been a time, I, I don't think, where there haven't been police officers or people in positions of power who've used that power, certain individuals in positions of power who've used that power to punish people doing something that they didn't like or political opponents. That's always happened. I think what you need to look at is whether it's becoming systemic or not, whether it's a systematic plan to do away with the opposition or to shut them up by arresting some of them. So I don't I don't think we're at, at that point, but I do believe it's a concern if you have a situation that's volatile, whether it's a manufactured or a legitimate state, you know, an emergency, whether it's, you know, some kind of a plague or civil unrest. That's usually when those kinds of drastic steps are taken is when there's some emergency around that the state can use to justify using extreme measures. And we have seen that. After Hurricane Katrina, the they did have uh, certain camps that the uh, the victims were taken to. And when I say victims, I mean people that stayed in their homes, that sort of thing, and, and then demanded the government rescue them. Uh, but nonetheless, they did concentrate people together in, in certain ways, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't death camps or, or anything like that. <laughs> they, um, they were for some. Some people did die at the Superdome or whatever, the, the Houston uh, Astrodome, I think. Some people died of, uh, I think, thirst uh, out there. So that's some why people I say, were raped and, you know, they, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even, didn't even have place, proper uh, restroom facilities. So that's why I'd say, Craig, you know, we're kind of maybe close to that being a possibility, but I wouldn't say that we're quite to the point of uh, of concentra- out-and-out concentration camps and targeting uh, political dissidents in a wide-cutting uh, fashion at right. this point. Right, and I don't think that we'll you'll see in this country, I don't think you'll see the parallels to the Nazi regime well, wait, in the same way. They rounded way. up the, the Japanese and the uh, Germans back in the but, but that was World, World War time. II. Did those people think about that, though, when that happened to them? I bet they sat back and said, well, that can't happen here. Come on. What are we talking about? There are still people that would say that today. There are still people that would just uh, blind themselves to reality and say that can't happen here, when in point of fact, little bits of it are happening all over the place to individuals. Again, nobody's being rounded up in mass because of being part of a certain group. And I hope that we do. I hope the mark's right and that we don't ever see that. But at the same time, uh, there are some disturbing things happening to people that uh, don't deserve to happen to. Catherine Bleich being one of them, uh, just a, you know, the most recent example of this out of control police state tyranny that we are facing. So just because they're not rounding people up in groups doesn't really make it any less of a police state. It just means that it's a police state with a different structure to it. That's how I feel about it. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Lawrence Vance at LewRockwell.com has this to say about Barack Obama supposedly being a pacifist, according to Rush Limbaugh. In addition to being a Nobel laureate, Barack Obama is many things. After his election, I wrote in liberty of his radical associations, his life spent in the service of racial preference, his aberrant Christianity, and his plan to further redistribute the wealth of taxpayers to tax eaters. And I haven't changed my mind. The black conservative Alan Keyes simply calls him a radical communist. Obama may personify the extreme left wing of the Democratic Party, but a pacifist, he is not. Just days after taking office, Obama killed his first victims in Pakistan via predator drone. Over 120,000 U.S. troops are still in Iraq. 
And not only has Obama already escalated the war in Afghanistan, he's contemplating an additional troop surge. I heard it was 13,000 is what they're looking for. I heard 45,000. I think I mean, they're going to get 13. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, the United States still maintains an empire of troops and bases around the world. Obama has threatened to take military action against Iran. Now, although conservatives have de- bemoaned Obama's plan to decrease defense spending Don't ever since... Somalia. Yeah, that's right. Uh, ever since he took office, it turns out that defense spending is up for fiscal year 2010. There's more to say about this. 800-259-9231. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll address the claim that a Rush Limbaugh is, or Rush Limbaugh said that Obama's a pacifist. Laughable on its face. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. And the features on the site include the chat room, Chat.freetalklive.com will get you to it, and that is where you'll find listeners during the show and maybe sometimes outside of show hours. Uh, try, check it out at chat.freetalklive.com. And take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today and get total privacy for your searches at startpage.com. So Lawrence Vance at LewRockwell.com is talking about the absurd claim that Rush Limbaugh had recently made. and This guy, you've got to hand it to him. Rush Limbaugh, and I, you know, I give credit where credit is due, right? Rush Limbaugh was, even though he's just a a, a big government conservative guy, uh, he's definitely somebody that you have to look up to in this business uh, for really being essentially responsible for syndicated network talk radio as as we know it today. Well, and he's responsible for bringing a lot of people on board to the liberty movement um, in, early on. You, you mean Were back you in he... the Rush Limbaugh uh, club in, in school? That doesn't mean I that's can tell the liberty you I was movement. A did- well, it, the, he introduced you to the ideas of small government. Admittedly, there's a lot of people that stop right there. They, they get on board with Rush and his uh, charismatic personality, his incredible delivery, and that's good enough for them, and I'll just believe whatever Rush says. He yeah. sounds like an expert. I've said those words to myself, but he's a liar. Well, he you know, he's, he he doesn't apply his uh, his his rules uh, systematically through uh, through the government. No. Or or you could say he's a performer. But either way, he's not being honest uh, in what he says. 
And so, you know, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He's done some wonderful things for the radio industry. Uh, he obviously knows what the hell he's doing because the man can get press at the drop of a hat. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, the Obama, uh, Barack Obama has called him out by name and ac- accused him of certain things. So you know that when uh, people are paying attention to somebody, somebody in talk radio at that level, that they definitely have some uh, some some undue influence, I guess. And so you know, credit to Rush where it's due, but in this case, uh, totally. Just misinforming people, saying that Barack Obama is a pacifist? According to Lawrence Vance at LewRockwell.com, although conservatives have bemoaned Obama's plan to decrease defense spending ever since he took office, turns out defense spending's up for fiscal year 2010, which began October 1st. Back on May 7th, Obama sent to Congress his proposed defense budget. He requested a base of $533.8 billion and an additional $130 billion to continue the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. According to the Defense Department release, the base budget represents an increase of $20.5 billion over the $513 billion enacted for fiscal 2009, which was Bush's last defense budget. So, by the numbers, Barack Obama is a bigger military spender than George W. Bush. You didn't think it could be done? Well, there you have it. According to Defense Secretary Robert Gates, the budget provides the balance necessary to institutionalize and finance our capabilities to fight the wars we're in today and the scenarios we're most likely to face in the years ahead, while at the same time providing a hedge against other risks and contingencies. Obama's first defense budget is almost as much of the rest of the world's defense spending combined. The U.S. Navy's battle fleet is larger than the next 13 foreign navies combined. And then he provides a handy graph, which compares the U.S. military spending versus the world in 2008. And basically, it's approximately, let's see, United States, 711 billion U.S. dollars compared to Europe, which is the second place which is all of Europe, <laughs> you know, not not the individual countries in Europe, but all of Europe, uh, 289 billion. China in third place with 122 billion, and then East Asia slash Australia Asia, which is a whole bunch of other countries but grouped together <laughs> at 120 billion. So no, no one even comes close. Well, you to know, the United and, States. and one of these things, one of the things that people don't even realize is essentially the United States Navy is responsible has has taken on the responsibility for itself, except in some areas, basically in the Indian Ocean, uh, but has taken on responsibility itself of securing the high seas. We are the world's uh, Coast Guard, essentially, and that's absolutely ludicrous. It, there is no reason why the United States taxpayers should have to pay uh, for the security of an oil uh, tanker going from the Persian Gulf to Great Britain. None. So much for Obama destroying your country as a superpower and emasculating this country, as Rush Limbaugh also intoned. The Senate just passed a, by a vote of 93 to 7 a $636 billion appropriations bill for the Department of Defense for 2010. The bill previously passed the House by a vote of 400 to 30. That means that 34 out of 40 Republicans in the Senate and 170 out of 178 Republicans in the House agreed with the president on the defense budget. What a bunch of pacifists. Thanks to the work of economist Robert Higgs, we know the real U.S. defense budget is really over a trillion dollars and has been for several years. There are 120 U.S. soldiers who've been killed in Operation Iraqi Freedom since Obama became president. I'll bet these soldiers who died for a lie wish Obama were a pacifist. 
In Afghanistan, there are 231 soldiers who've been killed in Operation Enduring Freedom since Obama became president. Of the 872 U.S. soldiers who've died in Afghanistan, over one-fourth of them, 231, have died in the short time that Obama has been in office. So more U.S. soldiers have perished in the Afghanistan conflict in lesser time, uh, as far as, you know, time uh, deaths per time ratio under Obama than they did with George Bush. Does, um, so are, are you saying that more soldiers have died in Afghanistan under Obama than under Bush? No, not, okay. not cumulatively. Just more quickly. But yeah, per yeah. Per day. I mean, okay. per day. That's, yeah, per I, that day. was my understanding, too. Uh, if it were possible to ask them now... And uh, they, they probably would uh, wish wish that Obama were a pacifist if, they were, if it were possible to ask them now. And they said otherwise because they swallowed the line that they died defending our freedoms. There's probably someone in their family who would rather Obama were a pacifist so their son, grandson, father, brother, cousin, or nephew would still be here. But if not, there are millions of Americans like me who don't think anything in Iraq or Afghanistan is worth one drop of American blood. Yet we are the ones who are considered by conservatives as uh, by conservative warmongers to be traitors and America haters. Since Obama took office earlier this year, conservatives and Republicans have shown the world there's something they love more than their movement or their party, and that is war. Leading the way are Republican politicians, conservative pundits, conservative intellectuals, conservative organizations, and conservative publications. Reagan misspoke when he said the very heart and soul of conservatism is libertarianism. Well, the very heart and soul of conservatism is clearly war. I think the very heart and soul of conservatism um, is, is in fact, just liking things the way they were at some past time. I understand what this guy is saying. However, there's a different – in this country, the phenomenon of doves versus hawks – kind of spans the parties and it's it's moved back and forth there was a time in this country's history when all of our wars in the recent past had been started by democrats um world war one democrat world war two mm-hmm. democrat korean war i think democrat korean war or excuse me vietnam war certainly democrat um so you know the, the democrats were the were the were the hawks and the republicans were the doves Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can comment on this or whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. In an ancient time, in a land where the fates of mortals were determined by gods, only one man had the courage to defy them all. Fear nothing, and let's show death and the gods alike that we're the ones to be afraid of. Odysseus the Rebel, coming this October from Big Head Press. Pre-order the graphic novel for only $12.95. Visit ComicShopLocator.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other fine booksellers. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. We give the features free on the site, so enjoy those, including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. And see that and get interactive. Wiki, WIKI.freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. 
Go to, go to FrontSight.com for your free training and your gun and free training. Excuse me. That's FrontSight.com. I uh, saw one of these Springfield Armory XD pistols. It was the compact version. And uh, Nick, have you seen one? I've shot one. It's, uh, what do you think? I personally, I like it better than the Glock just you know, because of the way it fits in my hand. And I, I th- it was more intuitive for me to shoot the XD. It would be a felony for me to handle a gun like that. But I looked at it and looking at it, it looked like it felt better in my hand than a Glock. <laughs> it was, it's a beautiful it weapon. It is, it is a beautiful weapon. It is you go a beautiful with the weapon. Or, or the matte finish. And, and you will learn how to use it uh, very adroitly if you go to frontsite.com. Let's continue and take your phone calls about what you want. We'll go to Garrett in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Garrett. Hi. Um, let me know if this echoes. I'm with my father, and I wanted him to hear the other end of the conversation. If it's echoing too bad, let Sounds me know. Sounds fine. Sounds go good. right ahead. Um, well, you, you mentioned the, the reason that Rush Limbaugh was putting forward for uh, – Obama winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, I subscribe to uh, Dick Morris's little column that he does because he wrote the book Catastrophe, which is a really good book. If you haven't read it, you should read it. Uh, but basically, his theory was that uh, that they gave Obama the Nobel Peace Prize. The Norwegians did because they know that European socialism will fail as long as we are being more competitive by you know not forcing people to take vacations and have shorter work weeks and that it needs to be socialist, you know, pretty much across the board. Wait a minute. Or, Wait, hold on a second. You're saying that who's claiming that European socialism will fail? The the Nobel people? No, no. Dick, Dick Morris is claiming that Euro- European Union socialism will fail. Because because, because the, the United States isn't here. completely socialist? Because, no, he's claiming that the, the socialist countries will fail uh, the European Union, I, I guess, is mostly socialist, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's claiming that it will fail as long as you know the jobs are going to come here because they're enforcing, you know, the government is enforcing these, you know, shorter work weeks and longer vacations to be, you know, fair to its workers. Whereas, you know, we're being more competitive and. It seems kind of silly really to me. Well, I you know I don't disagree. Um, I, I I agree that yes, it seems kind of silly. It seems like a stretch, is what I think it is. Yeah. I think that in fact it's just that the people from Norway um, and the people on the uh, committee are socialists and socialists like socialists. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought. And that's well, what I thought too. And Barack Obama is basically a socialist from their point of view. In fact, he's a fascist. But you know, we don't need to get into the uh, the specifics of it. And the fascism today doesn't correspond with fascism of the past because it doesn't have the uh, the, the, the the ethnic racial component to it. Um, and you know, and it get it gets all muddled in there. But that's kind of the way I see it. You know. People can come up with whatever explanation they want. It really doesn't matter. But the uh, I, I think that Rush Limbaugh's claim that it's uh, that it, that it's because Barack Obama is a pacifist is on its face the uh, just dumb. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, what you're saying though about what Dick Morris is claiming is you know it's kind of silly. The, the whole idea that socialism would would only fail if 
everybody that they'd have some success with socialism if just everybody else in the world was socialist so none of the businesses would leave i mean that's that's just well, ludicrous i think they would i think that would work is much longer you're uh, because that's all that a government's about a government is about prolonging sucking as much as it can right. out of people for the longest period of time and different governments uh, decide to suck over different periods of time some of them will be like dictators to say hey i'm going to get as much money as i can today mm-hmm. and and uh, i'm going to live in palaces well, and i'm going to you know do whatever i can do i forget what the name of the uh the economist was but there was an economist who wrote a book i think it was called it was like democracy the god who would, that failed or something like that and he was proposing essentially the same thing except his proposal was that monarchies were actually less damaging to an economy they would self-destruct much more slowly than say a democracy where say in the united states you're only going to be president for eight years maybe even if you do somehow get managed to become president for life, it's not likely that your son or somebody you care about is necessarily going to become the next head of state. So a monarchy, essentially, there's a family line there that is go- they're going to try to preserve as the head of that country. And the monarchy actually has a longer view than, say, a, a party or a politician in a in a democratically organized state. So that was... That was what was proposed there. I'm not saying I'm I'm supporting monarchy, but the idea is essentially the same, that governments do exist to enrich themselves. It's just that potentially democracies or social democracies, socialist countries, will self-destruct the fastest because they have the shortest view of things. So am I understanding that when you're talking about socialism failing then, uh, Mark or, or uh, uh, Garrett, uh, that – what you're talking about is um, essentially from the perspective of the socialists as far as it failing because socialism has just failed from the beginning from the get go i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't succeed at uh, at helping anybody economically it just it it steals from the productive and uh, redistributes to the uh, you know the tax feeders as uh, as they are called so from the perspective of the socialist i guess you could say that okay yeah with the united states around not being as socialist then that could uh, diminish the amount of uh, suckage that they could do as far as being parasites on the productive class i guess is that what you're saying you know from the perspective of the socialist that yes. uh, it's failing yes okay got it yeah that's that's my opinion because the fact is when you, if you say socialism fails it hasn't socialism has been around with us if you listen to the fabians uh the, the those the fabian socialists of uh, the early uh 20th century from great britain they believe that all government is inherently socialist and i agree with them um so government but but if you look at just sort of more socialist governments there are plenty of them and they're doing okay they're surviving um you know I, you know they may not be as good as they would be under a free market but they're surviving so yeah, any other thoughts? Uh, one of my friends actually came up with a really good quote. He said, the only thing that socialism equally distributes is misery. Hmm. Yeah, because from I, my perspective, socialism fails, I mean, every single time. Um, and I guess that uh, I, I understand where I, uh, I suppose Dick Morris is coming from at, at this point. But socialism is uh, is a big failure because the you know the whole idea of it is to get to from what I understand is kind of a path to communism where everybody will live in this utopian paradise where everything will be taken care of by everybody else and you don't have to worry about uh, that's ludicrous yeah that's, well that's and, mar- and yet we think that since we're the U S we can somehow do it better and have it not fail 
Sure. That, well, that's the typical view of the socialist is that, oh, well, you know, well, when you bring up, well, how come uh, socialism hasn't worked over in North Korea or and it hasn't worked over in this and those other places where there's awful conditions and socialist health care in Great Britain? You can come up with all kinds of examples of how socialism fails and just does an awful job of of uh, taking care of people and, and all of the things it promises that it will do well. And then the socialist will just come back with, well, you know, they did it wrong. Just put me in charge, and we'll make sure that socialist uh, concept works out. All of the socialists that are the kind of academic types, the uh, the real thinkers, these brilliant, brilliant people that are unfortunately uh, putting their brain power to the processes of figuring out how to extract money by at force, uh, you know, the threat of force from people, uh, they, they essentially have their own brilliant plan for how to make socialism work. And if we would only just give them an opportunity to give it a shot, they'd show the world that they can make socialism work. Dad, what do you think about that? <laughs> oh, are you talking to my father? Yes. I don't know what yes. else to call him, Garrett. <laughs> caught me. Checked my email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're out of time anyway. Thanks for the call. appreciate hearing from All you guys right. tonight. Uh, 800-259-9231. Not out of time for you, though. Plenty of time for your call, if you make it now, at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold. .freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give the features free, and they include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are yours. Now, they're right there on the front page of the site. You don't have to jump through any hoops to get your hands on them. But if you do appreciate the fact that we give you the archives on the house, we would like to ask you to do something for us. And that is vote for us. I believe we are still not in first place, right, Mark? Are we are, we we not are there yet? Um, moving up, but uh, Slowly. we continue to need uh, votes. We It's a hot competition this month. We're not in first place, and that means we need you. If you have yet to vote for Free Talk Live in this month of October, please go to vote.freetalklive.com. You only need your email address. It's used to check that you're not a robot. Uh, go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for Free Talk Live. It makes a big difference for us because it helps us push to the top of the podcastalley.com charts, which means more new listeners finding the show. It makes it easier for you, Mark, to market the, uh, the program to advertisers. It's one thing that takes you a mere moment of your time, but it makes a big difference for us. It's a vote that actually counts uh, in, in a significant way. So go to vote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls... Nick is on the line in Massachusetts. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, hi. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? I wanted to, uh, before I got into my main thing, um, if you guys look up uh, Death by Mass Unpleasantness, 
uh, through Google or whatever search site you want to use. Startpage.com. Um, it gives you estimated totals for the entire 20th century of uh, how many people died in wars, massacres, slaughters, and oppressions. Um, talks about how many people were killed through communist oppression, through government oppression, uh, uh, democratic democides. Millions. Um, millions upon millions. Yeah, it, it's just it's a good resource if you want to, you know, show, um, you know, that this society without the state would um, obviously not be uh, perfect, but, you know, society with the state obviously doesn't look too good if you, you know, show them this paper and say, well, Exhibit A shows, you know. Well, um, right, the statists will always make the argument that, oh, you can't have a voluntary society, then you'd be in danger from all the bad people around the world, and we need the state to uh, help keep us safe. But when you actually do what you're doing and look at the numbers, you can see that the yeah. amount of private criminal activity, the amount of private dangerous criminal activity, pales in comparison to the amount of criminal acts committed by governments. By the There's just no contest. Yeah. Because um, somebody, anyway, it's, the, it's like the, the it's like the video for Pirates and Emperors. I don't know if anybody. Yeah, yeah, I actually did watch that like a few weeks ago. I thought it was very good. Isn't it brilliant? It's something yeah. that every every liberty oriented parent needs to show their children. Uh, I mean, and and when it's I say like, children, like I mean school of rock or whatever. Yeah, or it's very rock, like, it's it's very school and not yeah, it's not school yeah, of rock. Schoolhouse school rock. rock. It's very schoolhouse rock esque. And it is available free online. Go look up Pirates and Emperors at startpage.com, and uh, you'll likely find it. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube as well. And it is brilliant. It's so fun. It's a great little sing-along thing. But as they point out in Pirates and Emperors, if you kill you know a few people, you're a murderer. And if you kill a whole bunch of them, you're a, you know poli- you're essentially a, a political statesman, figure, yeah. a statesman. So it's just disgusting. You're absolutely right. Millions of people. What else is on your mind tonight, Nick? Um, what else is on my mind is sort of a a topic that I was reading about on the Mises uh, sort of community forum. It's uh, this whole sort of semantical... I, I know this This is mostly directed toward Ian. Uh, you'll find out in a second why, but because um, um, it's, it's sort of this whole semantical issue. I know you don't label yourself as an anarchist, but there's still this sort of issue between anarcho-capitalist, anarcho-socialist, anarcho-communist, and whether you know they can really exist in a stateless society side by side without you know one saying without one saying, like, you know, hey, you know, property isn't real or whatever, and, and go attack you for having property or for exploiting the workers or whatever. And um, there was this one guy on there uh, named Brain Police, and uh, he was stating that uh, he seemed to be the only rational person. Because uh, it's funny to me, anarcho-capitalists will sometimes say, well, anarcho-socialists and communists are just dogmatists or, like, communists and socialists who are just hiding behind the anarchist label and, and the other side will do the same for the other side. And then cap, the anarcho-caps will say, well, you know, our private property, the, the private property that, you know, I'm just throwing out examples like Rothbard or, or um, Hoff uh, points out are the only ways to organize a free society, which is just dogma in of itself. So um, what are you getting at here? Well, I'm getting at that the whole issue between both sides is sort of semantical, like the whole issue of private property it's just sort of like semantics and personal uh, – as Brian Police was saying, it's, it's all personal preferences. Well, and, isn't uh, semantics a discussion over the meaning of, uh, of words? I mean, essentially, uh, in private property, they uh, – some people just don't believe in it. I don't know if that's really semantics. Yeah, but the, uh, well, that's not really true. Everybody believes in private property to an extent. I mean, if you don't believe in private property, how do you believe that you can have the, the clothes that you wear on, uh, on your body or – or just even own anything, you know. The, the the communists and socialists must believe in private property to some extent. Otherwise, 
you really couldn't have a society in which you couldn't own anything. It's I see where you're coming from, but they would, I think, claim otherwise. But I, I get your point, and I agree with they you. They will try. Yeah. Yeah, it just it, the whole thing of with communists and socialists and the capitalists, it, it, it just seems like we should be going against the state and not against each other because it's just it, – well, it, well, first of all, I, I think that you know what you're talking about is really just an internet debate. And that's what yeah. I'm hearing you you talk about. You know, it's happening yeah. on a, the Mises forums on the internet, and you you know you got the anarcho capitalists and what the a surprise socialists. Uh, anarcho capitalist uh, brain police was one of the only people actually defending like both sides. Well, good, well, good for him. Thanks for the call, uh, Nick. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Essentially, what I'm hearing there is a bunch of uh, brainiacs having themselves a uh, little discussion on the internet and uh, you know that really doesn't have anything to do with actually doing something in reality i've i've met a lot of self-described anarcho-syndicalists or anarcho-communists who they're really not anarchists though i mean in the same way that a lot of people who would say they would like to see a completely stateless society where we did have private property rights would vote for Ron Paul or would go through a transition where government got smaller and smaller. Uh, by the same token, I've run into anarch- anarchists, anarcho-syndicalists, who want to see airlines nationalized. Because <laughs> to them, the bigger issue is that we need to do away uh, with anarchist. private property. So, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of a tough uh, gap to bridge a lot of the time. So uh, thanks again for the call, Nick. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I think that I think there's some value in having um, a discussion. I think there is, and there's certainly a lot of it on uh, on the the internet. But I think that when it comes to reality, the anarcho-socialists, the people that supposedly believe that socialism or some sort of communal relationship will arise out of the ashes of the uh, the absence of the state, uh, compared to anarcho-capitalists, which are people that I don't really know what that means. <laughs> Some people that support capitalism in the absence of the state. I uh, I don't I don't really adhere to any of those things. I don't I myself consider myself a voluntarist, which means I just think that the the way humans should interact is on a voluntary basis. I think that means you can organize yourself in a communal fashion if you choose, and I think that means you can be capitalistic if you choose or whatever it is that uh, you should be able to behave however you want to as long as you aren't putting somebody in jeopardy and, and harming others or destroying their property. So the question about how somebody who believes in communism will interact with someone who believes in uh, you know, the, in, in other forms of organization in the absence of the state, I think we'll figure all that out when the time comes. I, I, I really, I, I've got to say, concerned. I have a short temper for people that uh, spend their time on uh, internet forums discussing, you know, things of this nature. You know, what what will the world look like in a completely stateless society, or uh, you know, what is the state of, uh, of of private property and and things like that? And I realize that the radio, this radio show, to some extent, is based on just those same sorts of uh, sorts of discussions. But man, I, you know, it, to hear people have those discussions and then to realize that those people are really doing nothing in their daily life to achieve uh, liberty in any uh, you know it really in any way other than having these discussions yeah. it it irks me well liberty minded people have been having debates 
since the beginning of the movement. I mean, as have the do. communists and the socialists and yeah. all these people are coffee drinking, pinky sticking out, uh, you know, uh, hand yeah. ringing, do nothings. I'm sorry. I've, right. I, you know, I've just got so little patience for it. And I, I, I know I shouldn't make a generalizations that they are, but that's sure. how it shows well, up some of to them, me. Some of them are here in New Hampshire and they're actually getting active and they're they're doing what they are are claiming that they think is important. You know, Mark, you do make fun of the uh, the agorists from time to time, but point uh, to be made is the the ones here in New Hampshire are actually doing agorism publicly. I mean, they're out selling uh, illegal pizza uh, at the uh, the 420 cannabis celebrations. They have been uh, blowing their own their own glass pipes and selling those, uh, rolling their own cigarettes and selling those to undercut the uh, the cigarette companies I'm out there. I'm for all of that. Uh, actually, uh, you know, if if you want to call all that stuff agorism and a lot of people do, then I'm just an agorist that votes. What irks the crap out of me on agorists is um, A, that they believe that you can create some kind of police force today um, and have that do anything. And well, B, I hope they prove you wrong on that. B, I mean, fine, whatever. Um, and B, that they don't vote. Okay, uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Hour number three is coming up. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA. But you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAMail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit DNAMail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live, and that was our music bed. Hey, we're back. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We are launching into the third hour of the program tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so... Enjoy those on us. Uh, features, by the way, including things like the bulletin board system, the Shrine of Female Listeners, and more. All there for you at freetalklive.com. We're going to co- uh, go ahead and take your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's go first to Scott the Bigot for your uh, dose of hate for the day. Scott, what do you have to say tonight? Good evening, uh, gentlemen, Ian, Mark, and uh, Nick. Who, who will you be hating on this evening? Will it be the the Jews, uh, black people, gay people? What, what's it going to be? I, I want to tell you that I agree with what you say. I'm not sucking up to you. I believe what you say. Your message intrigues me uh, for a long no, time. You, it's been in you, my mind. Really? About how the government controls our lives. Oh, I thought you were going to say you agree with what I say, that all human beings are human beings, and no, they should be... That. They should be judged based on, if you're going to judge them, they should be judged based on their actions and, uh, and, and what they believe. 
I don't agree with that. You don't agree with I, that. I do agree because with you, what you, you say you about think that, uh, that people are different and that because of where they were born or the color of their skin, that they're somehow inherently worse than you are. I want to ask Scott a question, so please. Okay, let go, me. Please you go should ahead. just ask the question. Scott, um, so you you claim that uh, the Federal Reserve and the International uh, Monetary Fund and the, and the uh, the behind the scenes Jewish bankers are sort of uh, you know the ones that are running the world and these are the evil people that are creating the problems uh, of the governments and all that kind of thing. And I'm, my question is is how come there are so many Jews that in the Liberty Movement that have written against the Monetary Fund and for free markets in money like Ludwig von Mises, Murray Rothbard, uh, you know I believe Hayek, uh, Friedrich Hayek uh, was a Jew too. I'm, I'm just wondering why it is that Jews who are clearly all in a big conspiracy together in order to defraud us all of, out of our um, wealth would advocate for honesty and money. I'm going to answer that question because the, 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 the Jews can shift their grounds from being capitalist Jews to communist Jews to Zionist Jews. Uh, getting back to my point about a federal government. Did that answer your question, Mark? I, I, I don't, not particularly. Let me explain it to you. The Federal Reserve was founded by Paul Warburg. You've got international capitalist Jews that control the Federal Reserve, and you've got controls Wall Street like Goldman Sachs. What about J.P. Morgan? Was he Jewish? He was not Jewish, but the, 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 you, you've got other firms like Kun Loeb that was merged over the years, other Jewish firms. The big boys, of course there was J.P. Morgan, Morgan big boy. but the big boys on Wall Street, the so-called big boys, the majority of them were international Jewish bankers. Then you've got international communist Jews, which, which is now epitomized with Barack Hussein Obama, Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> David Axelrod. Then you've got international. Oh, Barack Obama Zionist is Jewish. Jews. What's that? Barack Obama is Jewish, Scott. No. Barack well, how is it epitomized Hussein, by him? No. Barack Hussein Obama is merely a Gentile front for the Jewish uh, communist movement, and uh, this is the, the. If you're interested in this, you'd have to read the International Jew. Has he answered your question yet? I don't believe the right. question. He, he, does, he doesn't even know how to answer the question, but that's okay. Um, now, what about <laughs> um, the? When are the Jews going to take over the government? I mean, obviously they're they they're clearly have taken over the government. No, no. When are they going to put uh, a Jew in charge of the presidency? Why? Why go? Why skulk about in the darkness um, in this manner? Why not just go ahead and put themselves a rich international Jewish banker in the presidency and uh, get rid of this whole election crap that um, has got to be so annoying every four years? Because the Jews are petrified of one word, gentlemen: anti-Semitism. Uh -huh. They're petr They want to be. I have a front man. They've always worked that way because they don't want the masses to have a frenzy of anti-Semitism. They don't want to have pogroms in, the, in America so, that happened in Tsarist Russia in the 1880s, early 1900s. Geez, so they skulk Scott, around behind the shadows. So you're saying that all Jews are involved with this, right? Yes, I am. What and, about and, people who are a quarter Jewish? You, 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 you're splitting hairs here. No, I'm not, I, don't <laughs> so. I don't think so, because I, I'm trying to... The people see. that are quarter Jewish wouldn't think so. What, what, do you, uh, I mean, what do you define as a Jew? What if somebody is, you know, a, a fraction of a percent of Jewish descent? It, it, it depends. In other words, if you have a Jewish mother or a Jewish father, you've got Jewish blood, you're Jewish. That's how I define it. Well, well you did answer your question, Jewish grandmother. What's that? 
Well, he said Jewish blood. I mean, if you've got Jewish blood, well, what? So one percent, Scott. They see this is a difficult with with the intermixing that's all gone on. You and I have had this conversation in the past. There yeah. are a lot of people that have a little bit of Jewish blood, and it may very well be you, and may very well be I. Neither Could one be. of us know. So why? I mean, how how is it that these people get their marching orders? Do they, is there some kind of big giant radio tower where they get their <laughs> marching orders from? Because I can tell you that it's most harp, Mark Harp in Alaska. Most Jews do not know anything about any kind of big conspiracy. The Jews always control all the media organs. They control the New York Times, the Salzburger family. The Jews have always controlled so the So Ted media. Anderson, uh, head of Genesis Communications Network, Jewish? No. No. Uh, but, but, but you got Ted Turner? You, you, Didn't you, you just make point. the statement that he's in charge, that the Jewish people are controlling all the media organizations? ABC, they do. NBC, they do. CBS, they do. The New York Times, the Salzburger family, they also own the... How does John Stossel manage to survive? I mean, he's out there uh, talking about liberty and and freedom, and I mean, he's certainly not backing up the Federal Reserve or anything like that. So how does somebody like that manage to survive for 28 years working for ABC News? Who's that again now? John Stossel. You're kidding me, right? You don't know? John Stossel? No, I've heard of the, I've heard of the name. John Stossel is uh, the, he, he's the reporter with the, the big mustache and kind of curly to get hair. To our federal government. All right, go right good. ahead. Spread some more hate. I you, you're, you, I agree with your your message. The federal government does control our lives, but there's one thing that you need to delve into further. And please write this down. You need to read the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. No, I will not read your racist. I actually tribe. heard that book was just a fabrication. That it well, actually wasn't written. It's the Jews say it's a fabrication, but it's authentic. And do you know why it's authentic? Because Adolf Hitler and Mein Kampf said that because the Jews say so vehemently that it's a fabrication, that's even more reason to believe that it's authentic, to know that it's authentic. <laughs> you know, if, and it is authentic. Scott, if the Jews have been trying to control the world and advance the Jewish race so that it's the, you know, the master of the world, they really haven't done a good job of not getting exterminated in a number of countries, which has always been sort of a problem for me when people propose this idea that the Jews are in charge of international finance and government and media all over the world. So what about the Holocaust? They just... They just sacrifice themselves. I can answer for you. It didn't cover happen. For the... That's a very simple answer to answer, gentlemen. They'll just claim the it didn't happen. is merely a myth. See? It's a Jewish fabrication. Just write it off. Just a bunch of nonsense. All those bodies. International sympathy. The other pictures, the, the stories, the evidence. So all the Gentiles who, were, who say that they witnessed the Holocaust, they're actually working for the Jews? <laughs> That's, it's a fabrication. That, write That's me a check. so crazy. I've seen a, a Holocaust, too. <laughs> you're, the, you're the maddest hatter. I think you may be one of the maddest hatters to ever call this show. But I want you, I want you to read the pro. Do me a favor. No, no I don't owe you anything, Scott. No, no, I'm you not going to read it. You have not given me a reason to do that. I have no interest in doing that. Give me the number one reason why I should. I'll tell you why. Because protocol number five is 24 protocols in the protocols of the elders of Zion. Learned, el, protocols of the learned elders of Zion. Protocol number five specifically discusses a super government, a super government that will control all of our lives, and I have it right here. That I'm looking for Who cares but what somebody wrote down? Scott, I agree that uh, somebody's going to try to set up a super government, and they've been trying to do it all of the 20th century, and, and they'll continue to try to do it until we manage to get rid of this authoritarian model of government, and that a lot of people will support it. That doesn't mean that it's Jewish. Right. It's like saying that, uh, you know, just because some. Uh, 
okay, it would be like me essentially believing that all ch- uh, people born in China are communist and they all believe the exact same thing and they all read the uh, the same little book. The whole idea that everybody who's Jewish subscribes to this very same plot that you're you're trying to get us to buy into is so ludicrous. Interna- and you don't I don't think you've ever known a Jewish person, it's have the you? International, it's the international Jews and if you if you if you think I'm a nut job Is that Jews with passports? The US government. The, the, we have a, you've heard of APAC, the American oh. Israel Public Affairs Committee. Out of time for you. US what a shame. Policy. You didn't get to your hating on gays, Scott. I thought you were going to call and hate gays tonight. You've got that, that's another night. Okay. Well, we'll I'm look forward to it. On the Jews. Good. Riddance. Do you hate Eskimos too? Oh, it's enough. It's enough. Jewish Eskimos. He hates them. Well, well, he doesn't like black people. Like doesn't like gays. Gays doesn't like Jews. I mean, what? Who else? Yeah, exactly. Well, he hates everybody except for white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. He said that he before. doesn't even really believe in Jesus. It's free talk live. Nuts. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. You can also enjoy the bulletin board system, the chat room, and more. It's all there for you at freetalklive.com. And brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we go to your phone calls about what you want, let's talk first to Jeremy in Rhode Island. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeremy. Hey. Hey, what's Um, on your mind tonight? Well, I kind of wanted to talk about, because Scott pretty much calls in, spews hatred against Jews, and he lumps all American Jews in. Kind of the same category. No, he lumps all Jews everywhere into the same category. International Jews. Yeah. And, he, and he talks about APAC. And with APAC, he does have a relatively legitimate point. APAC has a very, the American Israeli Public Affairs Committee has a very strong hold over our Congress. Um, I don't disagree. To, huh? I don't disagree. APAC's a very, yeah. they're well, a very Mark, powerful he, lobby. Yeah. Um, you know, but American Jews aren't represented in APAC. APAC pretty much, at least from what I've heard on anti-war radio, basically is um, the the government in Israel. They pretty much represent the government's interests. I mean, even seventy over something like seventy percent of American Jews want peace between Israel and Palestine, and they're willing to recognize Hamas. So. That's not APAC. What APAC wants and what American Jews want are two very different things. Well, I mean, there are some American Jews who who doubtlessly agree with APAC, but I think you're right. I don't think that what APAC lobbies for is representative of what you know the the typical average Jewish American would want. 
And it's not. <laughs> I, I, but I do. I mean, there are American Jews out there who do subscribe to, you know, a Zionist philosophy, which, in my opinion, isn't any better than a radical jihadist philosophy or any other religious philosophy that says that you have the right to kill people and take land because God says it was it's yours. I mean, I think essentially that's there. I, I think Zionists, to a large extent are no better than the you know Islamic fighters on the other side saying that God wants that land to be theirs. So, I, I mean, I think there are those people out there in America, but I think you're right. APAC doesn't represent the average American Jewish person. No, not, not by a long shot. And I, I really do hope at some point Scott is able to find peace and, you know, look beyond just being, you know, full of hate. I hope so, too. I, I really you know, do. I hope that for funny, anybody. But... <laughs> His calls are relatively like entertaining, but it's just because they're so absurd. Yeah, he's ludicrous, uh, and and I do agree with you. I hope that, that uh, people in Scott's position do come to the understanding someday, through whatever means, that other people are just other people and they're just like him. And hey, has, has Paul called? Has uh, Paula called in, in a while? Or Haven't it's been him. a long time since we've heard from Paula in Florida. A long, long time. Maybe they got well, her. Shout out to Paula. Oh, no shout-outs allowed on free talk about. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Nick, don't you guys interview Paula sometimes on... Uh, uh, we did a couple of times. Radio show yours. That's right. You've got her phone number at home, don't you? Uh, I, be- I believe we did. Well, Mike Barsky had the phone number. I think I could get it if I needed it. Yeah, if you, you wanted to check in, I mean, I'm not going to give, give it call. to listeners, but if right. you wanted to check in on her, Ian, could do that. I suppose yeah. you could. All right, let's maybe con- she just got bored. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe she's busy calling other shows. All right, let's go to Matt in Illinois. You're on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind um, tonight? With Scott calling in, I thought I'd um, address a uh, at least one misconception that I've heard on your show. Okay. And that's that Jewish is a religion and a race. Um, I'm Italian. My whole family, there's eight of us. We have the same mom and dad. My sister's Jewish. I'm not Jewish. I have no Semitic blood in me whatsoever. We're half Italian, half French, English, and American Indian. My sister converted to Judaism because the man she fell in love with was Jewish, and his family wanted him. His father was dead, and it asked that he marry a Jewish woman. So she went through the whole nine yards. She had to learn parts of the Hebrew language. She had to go through a ceremony and other things. Uh, And she's Jewish. Okay. Um, Her husband, I don't believe that he is Hebrew at all. And Hebrew is the race. Hebrew is the race of Israelis. Her husband's Russian. The, The family comes from an area in Russia. Uh, he's white as a he's 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 white as a daisy or whatever. Um, he's not Semitic, so the whole the, everything's so convoluted in that whole area beca- yeah. because of the politics involved. And, well, and the politics is Zionism. Zionism is a belief that Israel should belong to the Jewish people, and then. These, these people in Russia co-opted the Jewish religion a thousand years ago uh, because there was uh, battles going on between um, Muslims and Christians, and they didn't want to get involved 
and wanted to kind of remain friendly with both of them. So what they did is they adopted the Jewish religion so that they wouldn't have to fight on either side. It's kind of in a nutshell what happened. Now, uh, the I have not heard that. I've got several Ashkenazi friends, and that's not what their understanding of what um, you know where the Ashkenazi Jews came from. What's their understanding? That they just yeah. Well, I'd be interested in hearing that too because you know I'm getting this from one people. I'm sure there's a lot of people with a lot of different things, and it happened a long time sure. ago. Sure, and that's the point. And it wasn't really well written down. Nope. It's not like they you know back in the Middle Ages and the these were the dark ages because things didn't get written down. It was kind mm. of all orally um, passed on. But well, tell me what, Matt, are, I, I are, do have, are I, these Ashkenazi Jews, that friends that you have, are they claiming to be Semitic too? Well, they, they, basically what their claim is is that their people moved, you know, to, to avoid some pogrom or something somewhere in order to, you know, settle someplace. And, uh, you know, they just became sort of more mixed or whatever, but. Uh, you know, people would convert in, and they they kept their traditions and things like that. So essentially, they're whiter than uh, Sephardic Jews because there's a certain amount of white people sort of mixed in. Right, and that's that's the thing. It's kind of like, um, my, you know, I'm I'm not Catholic anymore, but I was raised a Catholic, and I'm Italian. Well, you don't have to be Italian to be Catholic. You can be just black, about the um, oh, uh, yeah. Irish. You can be Chinese. You just if, about uh, have to be Catholic if you're um, Italian, though. <laughs> yeah, just about. They huh. they practically make you when you're born an Italian. But uh, <laughs> but uh, and it's it's the same with Judaism. Um, does that, Matt, does that same thing hold true for Orthodox Judaism, though? Because I know Reformed Jews believe in conversion, but aren't there Jewish Not really. schools that... Orthodox Jews basically believe that you have to have been born a Jew. It's very difficult to, uh, you know, they just they just don't accept people uh, converting in. I gotta say, and so, most Jews do not consider you Jewish if you convert in. Like you're just, the, you know, the the good, the good white, um, you know, spouse. <laughs> Thanks, However, your Matt. children are Jewish. I, th- I appreciate the call tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Glad you guys are on the show because I have no idea about all this stuff. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. Pretty much anything goes here. 800 259 9231, that number brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight, it's Ian joining you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, including our Facebook profile. Just head over to facebook.freetalklive.com and become a fan. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls about whatever you want uh, in one quick moment here. AudiblePodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. That's the way you get the free book, AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing here again with your calls, we go to Scott in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hello, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? A few days ago, a fellow called in and told a story about his grandpa and uh, feeling that he sort of felt a presence of his grandpa's ghost pressing on his chest, and he found out his grandpa had been missing. Um, yeah. I had, 
that was a, like a few days ago, and, and then he found out that his grandpa was dead and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he has a, had this experience at nighttime. And I had a very similar thing happen to me a few years ago where um, I was converting to Christianity, so that was on my mind a lot. And for mm-hmm. a few nights, uh, many times over the course of a few months, I felt like I had demons entering my body. And I'd wake up, I couldn't move, and it, it literally felt like Satan was trying to enter my body. Oh, my. I know, it sucked. Um, the Satan inner bodies? Later. <laughs> and when he said, talk about the pressure, that's exactly what I experienced. I felt the pressure on my chest, like I couldn't move. And um, now, I found, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to add something in here. I didn't bring it up the first time uh, that the guy you're talking about called about this. But this is a relatively common occurrence among certain people. Uh, they, they will feel as though they're being trapped down by something, some sort of force that is invisible. And it yeah. usually occurs during the time in which they are not quite asleep and not quite awake. There's some little middle zone there where this can happen. And, and basically what happens is you're conscious, but your body is not necessarily caught up to you, essentially, to where exactly. you cannot actually move even if you want to. It's not because a demon is trapping you. It's just because of you know some sort of scientific place that yeah. your body is in at, at that point in time. I didn't know if you were aware of that or not. Yeah, I was going to make the point that at the time, because I was converting to Christianity, my worldview was like demons and angels, right? So that's what I thought it was. And I talked to people in my church and said, oh, you know, they're trying to get you because they're converting. And I found out years later that it's a natural thing. It's called sleep paralysis. Sleep and, paralysis. Yeah. And when this happened, when I found out that this was a totally explainable thing, that was sort of got me on my path to questioning all of my religious convictions. Interesting. Um, well, what were you converting to Christianity from, just out of curiosity? Well, I, I grew up as a Catholic, but I didn't really Isn't go... Isn't that technically your... Christian? Isn't Yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. Okay. I believe in Christ. And then I converted to Mormonism when I was in my early 20s. So was that when the whole uh, sleep paralysis thing was happening to you, was the yeah. conversion to Mormonism? Yeah. And gotcha. I felt like demons were trying to prevent me from joining the church because I was going to change my <laughs> life to Jesus. Was was it the little guys uh, that go around house to house that converted you to Mormonism? How did you? How did they you do have nice ties. Um, no, actually, uh, I had some family members uh, that were that were uh, members of the church, and I talked to them about it and was interested. And eventually, uh, the guys, the missionaries that you're you're talking about, I started meeting with them, and so it wasn't a cold call. I, I kind of mm-hmm. invited myself to learn about it. So, so it was during your process of converting to Mormonism which apparently isn't an overnight process, uh, that you discovered this um, sleep paralysis thing, and then when you learned about what sleep paralysis really was, it led you to even question the whole uh, belief in, in those things, this, yes, those religions. My, my belief was very strongly based on demons were trying to stop me, right? Mm-hmm. When I found out that wasn't true, that just, you know, medically wasn't true, and then I thought, well, what the crap? What about all these other things that I thought were sort of uh, spiritual uh, confirmations, let's say, and all after, and after a while, I realized that all of them could be explained by medical things, and all of them were experienced by other people, and that's kind of, you know, started me on the road down to, I consider myself agnostic now, that's where I am now. Um, but yeah, so, so when the guy was talking, I wanted to, and I knew that you had talked about this before, and so I just wanted to bring up the sleep paralysis, that this, it's not uncommon, and, and uh, some people, you know, I think it's just good to have the knowledge that it's, it's a very scary experience if you don't right, know what it is. Because you, you don't have control of yourself. Uh, yeah. I can understand why that would be very frightening. Now, the reason I didn't bring it up when he was calling originally because he was telling the story about how 
that tied into his grandfather's death because he believed that it was his grandfather that was trapping him down. And wasn't he speaking to him in, in, to some extent, he telling him he voice, was okay? Yeah, I've, I've heard plenty of voices as well when those things would happen. Really? You heard voices during that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard de- demonic voices and I heard Jesus as well. Wow. What did oh, Jesus man. say? Well, what happened was when the demons were trying to enter me, I, pr- I prayed in my head to Jesus because I couldn't move. I couldn't move my lips or anything. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Jesus say, you know, be at peace. Something like that. I don't remember exact words. Be at peace. And then the feeling left me. That sounds like Jesus. <laughs> oh, and when that happens, holy cow, man. You, you're convinced that Jesus is, you know, talking to you directly and yeah. saving you. What else would you think? That's pretty persuasive. I had a dream uh, before I did the show here tonight. I was taking a nap, and it was one of those radio dreams where I'll be getting ready to do the show somewhere else, and something will be wrong. And, you know, we're minutes, uh, seconds before the you were actually supposed to that start the show. sometimes, though. So, well, sometimes it does, but it happens more often in my dreams where yeah. I'm in this uncomfortable situation. And uh, it, was, it seemed very, uh, very realistic. But, you know, when you bring in the, the, that statement, when you bring in that... Uh, the idea that dur- during this this state of being that you're, that you're in, where you're you're conscious to an extent, but at yeah. the same time you're absolutely unable to physically um, move yourself, that uh, you bring in the factor of hearing voices in your head, that really kind of makes things interesting. Especially when you uh, you know we go back to the story about the guy who believed that his grandfather was the one speaking to him, and then later on, it, and his grandfather was telling him something like, "Don't worry, I'm okay," blah blah blah. Uh, turns out that his grandfather had died. Yeah. That's one of those weird coincidences, one of those weird situations that just makes, you know, things that make you go, hmm, right? I mean, yeah. what is what is all that about? And, and you know, there are interesting, and I don't know how scientific they are. I obviously have not delved into the journals, but I remember reading about the, you know, science studying the reactions of dogs and, and cats to when their owners are coming home. You know, when you come home, you open the door, you've got a pet dog, they're there, they love you, they're wagging their tails, they're very excited, they're waiting for you at the front door. Well, they find, what the, in many cases they find out is that the dog will begin going through the process of preparing for the owner coming home, getting excited and going up to the front door and, and exp- kind of sitting down expectantly and that sort of thing. Before the guy's car even turns onto the street, in many cases, right when the person is leaving the office, uh, the the dog will will notice, will know that uh, that essentially the owner is returning home, and that's again one of those things that's just from our perspective, we can't really explain what that really means. Uh, but at the same time, you just have to ask yourself, what what's all that about? Is there something to that? Is there something to suggest that? You know, the, the animal is is tuned into some sort of vibrational wavelength that transcends, uh, you know, the, the immediate time, uh, the immediate space in between those uh, those two entities. Maybe the dog just knows your schedule better than you do. Maybe that's true. Scott, do you think this sleep paralysis thing explains the whole time that I got abducted and probed? Uh, I was going to say that that has been uh, theorized as being an explanation for some of, the, you know, these alien visitations, because if, if you focus on aliens, if you think about those things, then that's maybe what your experience would be. Like, for instance, mine was demons, because that's what I was going through at the time for this fellow's his grandfather. So it could be, you know, applied to a lot of things. Cause, uh, I think it was right, a we, very we, real I, experience to me, and I've got to say that the, uh, the aliens, it out. They, weren't, uh, they weren't the almond-eyed uh, gray people. <laughs> uh, they were, in fact, uh, stacked hot chicks. Sounds I've awful. had that happen to me, too. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had the sleep paralysis thing really? happen. Yeah, where I wake up either from a bad dream or just wake up. It hasn't happened in quite some time, but you wake up and it's terrifying because you try to move and 
you can't move. Did you hear voices? No, but I do recall one time, uh, see, uh, you know, I could see a shadow and I wasn't sure what it was, but I couldn't react to it. I yeah, didn't really know what it was, but I saw lightning was, bugs once. They scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I thought it was—I thought it was aliens. It's terrifying saw, they, not to be able to move. And they, to, they weren't yellow. It was kind of a like a halogen blue kind of uh, lightning bug. It Scott, was crazy. Thank you for the story. I appreciate hearing from you. An eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Certainly, the mind is a very powerful thing, um, and who knows what it can do. It's free talk live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com, one of the easiest ways you can help out the program and at the same time get all the stuff you're going to get anyway. Uh, you need stuff to enjoy life with, then you can do that by buying it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and you can benefit Free Talk Live all at the same time. So get the stuff you want and the stuff you need at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and we'll get a cut. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. It's Matthew in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Hi. How hey, are you? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, so you guys have been talking a lot about uh, passivism and how it appeals to you guys. And I'm wondering, I think that both of you have said that you own a gun. And I'm wondering if owning a gun is at, at odds with passivism. Well, first off, it would be illegal for me to own a gun. There may be uh, you know, guns in the immediate vicinity of my house. However, I do not own one. Gotcha. So to answer is you- it at odds, though? I don't think so. I mean, is putting holes in paper um, ant- an antithetical to pacifism? Putting holes in paper? Yes. Well, no. So you just is eating meat? Is it is eating meat? I, look, I would never claim to have used a gun because it would be a felony. Please stop asking me that. Um, however, is eating meat an antithetical to uh, pacifism? I don't think so. No. Okay. I, I do have a problem though with, I guess, uh, supporting the weapon industry. Okay. That well, seems to be at, at odds with the philosophy of passivism. Well, yeah, I can see I can see where you're coming a, from. But it's not necessarily not all firearms are necessarily very practical for use against people. I mean, sure they could be, but uh, you know, a 22 rifle is you're likely to be using that for a target practice or a small game. Very few sure. people are going to, you know, so the weapons industry, well, I'm not, I mean, personally, I'm not into the whole pacifism thing, so it doesn't really bother me if I am supporting the weapons industry. But. Pacifism is one of those terms for me, like anarchist. Um, you, you know, I don't really necessarily think that it means what a lot of people think that it means. I think that to, to me, uh, pacifism, and I'm... Here I am at dictionary.com, uh, is opposition to war or violence of any kind. And then you go and you look up what violence means, and one of the definitions of violence is where your intention is to harm, to cause harm, to cause damage. 
I think that if what your intention is in the in use in the use of force, in this case defensive force, which is the purpose of why most peaceful people would have a firearm, the intention there is to defend your you know your family from violence. You're defending against those well, who would do yeah, violence. Yeah, semantics though, because when you point a gun at you know an armed intruder's chest and pull the trigger, you are trying to do damage to them. You're trying to break their body so they'll stop moving. Well, I see what you're saying, but it's not my intention to harm that person. It's my intention yes, it to stop the harm well, from being you, done. Uh, I think it's semantics, a justification. It is semantics, for but I think semantics important is important yeah. in this circumstance. It's the mindset that you're coming from, right? Like, that's the difference. If I go and I shoot the intruder and then I proceed to slice, you know, into him with a knife unnecessarily uh, on top <laughs> no. of that, uh, then, you know, then I've gone beyond that and I've gone to the intention of retaliation. I've gone to the intention of retribution, of uh, uh, of exacting a greater punishment uh, than is necessary to stop the uh, the onslaught. I think you're defining violence differently than most people would. I'm just using – I think you're right. And I'm also defining pacifism uh, differently than most people would. But I'm using – you know the dictionary definitions of it, and that's that's how I'm coming about this. I I'm somebody who believes in peace, and I think that uh, if you're being aggressed against, it's appropriate to use force to regain the peace. I I don't think that's I don't think that's at odds with pacifism as I understand it. But if it's if your understanding of pacifism is well, if someone's raping your wife, you just sit there and, and watch and cry. I mean that's you know that's I understand that's what I used to think of pacifism as. But I don't anymore because I've I've actually looked into it a little further and I've you know we've had discussions about it and we've read uh, articles about uh, about pacifism and I I wouldn't define it that way now but I understand why people do I think that it's been misinterpreted and I think that there are people out there that would call themselves pacifists that would claim that they would just stand by as their wife were being raped. Well, that's what I think I, a pacifist is because otherwise all you're saying is pacifists just can't initiate aggression or disproportionately react to it. You're still saying if a guy draws down on you in the street, you can blast him away. That's not what a pacifist does, Ian. Pacifists don't kill people in self-defense. You know, um, I think that it's or also not pacifists. Uh, there's there's a mindset issue, and I understand. I, I I I'm sort of you know in this gray area, Nick. I mean, you're you, you've got me on the ropes on it, admittedly. But I think that it's a mindset, and I think that the mindset is. How do you feel about violence? And I think that a lot of people who believe in the non-aggression principle, which is what you're claiming that we're claiming the pacifism is, are about waiting for that opportunity to use violence because it is fair and justified. Yeah. And that they spend a lot of time thinking about that. And I say that, A, it doesn't. The, most of the times that they think about using it are uh, you know, you're worthless. Um, and B, that, uh, you know, that, it, that it poisons your mind. Definition. That's where I think the sem semantics well, come into play. I'm not saying you play. should wait around and, and hope for somebody to break into your house, but I really don't see the point you're the making. The chances of a burglar breaking into to someone's house around here are very so slim. You are I'm sorry. Say, so you are saying you're defining the non-aggression principle as pacifism. You're just saying that you also should hope you never have to defend yourself, and that makes you a pacifist. Even if you're still willing to blast I, a man away with a shotgun. I see here... Uh, looking, I'm not going to blast a man away with a shotgun. Looking again at the definition of pacifism, uh, the belief that disputes between nations should and can be settled peacefully. Okay, that doesn't apply to us because we're individuals. But definition two, opposition to war or violence as a means of resolving disputes. I am opposed to violence as a means of resolving disputes. I would prefer to resolve my disputes in a different way. So I'm opposed to it, but that doesn't mean that I am going to stand by idly if somebody's raping my girlfriend. 
So can, can you be opposed to something but yet still reluctantly embrace it in a, a situation where it becomes necessary to utilize? Is that possible? Yeah, I, I guess I wonder, though, if you take a step beyond that by going out and purchasing a, a gun preemptively. Well, you know, um, I... What if you have a gun already and then you convert? <laughs> yeah, that's how it was for me. <laughs> I, I, I guess I ask the question. I don't ask it in, in a gotcha kind of way. I just, it's sort of a... That's what we're getting thought. a lot of, by the way. <laughs> I, I think about it like I think about cigarettes. Like, I, I think that people should be free to smoke and buy cigarettes, but I don't think it's a good thing, and I would never support the tobacco industry I guess the same thing about guns. Like, I don't think that they're bad, but should should a pacifist, somebody who supports nonviolence, be purchasing and supporting? Let me say, I have a real tough time with owning. I have a tough time now owning a gun. I do. In fact, I've sold right. uh, one of my guns as a result Ooh, of. I might take that off your hands for you. My... <laughs> I haven't <laughs> quite let go of, of it. Problem for you, and I can right, take right. it. With me I right haven't now. quite let go of it though, because I still like the idea of having. When I do like to go out occasionally to uh, gun gatherings and you know shoot, it's kind of a social event for me. That's kind of my justification now, as I use it, you know, as a social kind of purpose. Um, but I, I don't really believe that the gun is going to do anything for me in the event that something awful uh, were to occur. I mean, it does seem really unlikely that you're going to have. I mean, I'm not saying that it does happen. There are news stories where people are able to use weapons to protect themselves, and and you know, I don't have any problem with a person doing that. However, it really seems unlikely that 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 moment in time is going to come along, and you're going to be able to put your hands on that gun when somebody's got the jump on you, uh, you know, with the the surprise attack. You're just going along with your life, and there they are. Yeah, it it right. just all depends. And and up here in New Hampshire, of course, there's very very little gun violence in the first place. That's why I don't think people should really spend any time thinking on it. about yeah. it. Is you know the chances of that burglar coming along and you having the opportunity to blow him away, not good. Well, it depends on the neighborhood you live in. It, do, it I, does. I don't live in a neighborhood. Here in your convenience store clerk, you. At much higher odds than if you're somebody who lives in the woods. I don't. I don't. I, but but now you're saying if you are, and I am not, haven't been a convenience store clerk <laughs> for 20 years. I'm not you a convenience were? store clerk. You were a convenience store. I worked clerk? at a canteen in prison, okay, but we were reasonably right. safe. Yeah. <laughs> from guns. Um, I mean, I guess so. I effectively worked as a convenience store operator, though. Well, all of your customers were armed anyway, so. Uh, no. No. The, the, the correctional officers aren't armed. Oh, really? The they, people would take weapons have from them. Nothing. No. Huh. You got a walkie-talkie. Wow. All right. So hope that answers your question, Matthew. Did it? Big sure. flashlight. All right. Excellent. Glad we could help. Thank you for the call tonight. Yeah. All right. 800-259-9231. That would be the number, but it's probably too late uh, for you to call in. Yeah. I. It's not easy. And I it is not. Say, if, it, if, I, I, I'm on the horns of this. And, and a lot of people take it very, very, very personally when you say that you're a pacifist. Well, what if you were this? And they get all upset about these scenarios, these ludicrous scenarios that likely are not going to happen to me. I mean, if I you look at if you look at where I live and look at crime, violent crime in that area, you will find that really violent crime, you know, sort of uninitiated violent crime hasn't occurred there in a very long time. If people want to be pacifists, that's fine by me. It's not a choice I would make for myself. But if you want to let somebody kill you, if that's what it takes, no, oh, I wouldn't I, come to my house with that intention. That's not what it means to me. All right, we're out of time. Uh, back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? 
You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free handgun. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.